Hello and welcome to the ETC Coaches Corner podcast. It's the only podcast in the world that is recorded at the Empowerment Training Centre. Ha ha! Uh, sorry, that's not our usual introduction. But it's the only inside look into the Midlands' best private training facility where we'll be discussing all things nutrition to training and everything in between, which is what we do for our members, for those who are commuting to ETC to find out a bit more about what's going on. But also, it's kind of not for members as well, because I think I said in the last podcast, or one before the last one, got like over 3,000 plays, which is which is mint. So thank you so much for sharing and, you know, pretending to be interested in, in what we're talking about and some of the topics that we truly believe in. So genuinely, if you've listened to it and you've shared it, uh, thank you so much. And if you could continue to doing that, that'll be even better because it means we can reach more people and some people will find that quite important and interesting. Anyway, today I'm joined by my amazingly special guest, me. Haha, <laughs> I don't have a guest today, but today's episode, <laughs> we're going to be talking, we're going to be, I am going to be talking about youth training. In this episode, you'll learn why training when you're young is a really good idea how to structure training for younger populations, what age we, I believe, that you should start training, and of course, what the long-term athletic development model is and why it can work. And if you haven't got a clue what any of that means, don't worry about it. I'm going to explain it, and it's uh, hopefully going to be quite interesting. Now, young youth training, people who are training at a young age, is a really good idea. And I've worked in commercial gyms, and throughout my time, I actually did my work experience in a commercial gym when I was 16. And there was an area where I wasn't allowed to work out in because I was 16. So like, no, 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 you can't. You've got to be 18 to work out there. And I was like, eh, well, what, why? Apart from the, you know, the psychological factors that I was a bit of an idiot. And as a general rule, young boys aren't very smart. And we always like to compete with each other and potentially hurt ourselves. But that's neither by the by. You weren't allowed to try there, and nobody really knew the answer. It was like, oh, because, you know, it can stunt your growth and you shouldn't be training when you're under 18. And for to use the isokinetic machines, you were, you had to be 16. Uh, the isokinetic machines, by the way, are like the machines that you use that are usually a single plane of motion. I never really understood it. I also wasn't allowed in the sauna. I wasn't allowed in the sauna, but I think there actually is some research about Ex- uh, long heat exposure for young people. Although it doesn't actually make sense because if you're in a hot country with high humidity. Anyway, what you're going to find with this podcast, you're going to see the inside workings of my brain and how I skip between various subjects. And if you can keep up, then I'll be I'll be really impressed because quite frankly, I'm already lost. <laughs> right, so I never really understood why you had to be of a certain level of maturity. And there's this kind of myth it's like a myth that training and resistance training stunts your growth. And I looked into this over my 35 years on this planet. And it actually stems from a rumor back in World War II, where basically all the men had to go to war or were instructed to go into manual labor if they were too young to fight. So what happened during this time over many years these young 9, 10, 11-year-olds were put to manual labor. And what they found is 
they failed to reach maturation. They were short, they had very low muscle density, and they had really bad posture. And it was like, well, it's because of all this manual labor. That's why That's why they, the, gro- the growth was stunted and they didn't have enough muscle, and this is the reason why. But what we failed to consider is, well, there was a war going on, right? Which, I mean, last time I checked, wars were pretty stressful. So not only was it a high-stress situation, people also weren't eating anything because there was famine and poverty and not enough food supplies. So it's actually these contributing factors that is what stunted growth, not the fact that people, young people were partaking in manual labor. And this is kind of where it comes from, which is crazy. And we at ETC and I kind of live in this bubble of, studied kind of youth training for a very long period of time um, and I will give you a little bit of understanding about my background in, in, in long-term athletic development training but that's kind of where it comes from and I'm like everyone should be training for as young as possible it's really really important and we still get people even to this day I had this conversation with a parent a few weeks ago that this is actually where it come from and resistance training will not stunt the growth of a young developing person but there is some things that you need to look out for and be aware of that I will talk about in this episode how exciting so how how old should you be to start resistance training well i truly believe that you should start resistance training at four five years old now that doesn't mean that you should be doing 100 kilo deadlifts or snatches or cleans or all that kind of thing think about what resistance training is and that differs from person to person so resistance training can be a body weight squat it can be balance it can be single leg working can be holding your body weight up it's resistance anything that resists the muscles and we can use that for anything it doesn't have to be load now should you be getting young people to lift huge amounts of load probably not because they haven't got the the fundamentals the capacity and the the structural integrity to be able to do that without damage and if they can then great they should but that's something that we definitely have to focus on so from the age of four plus people should be training it's so good for everything like you young done in the right environment youth training can help build confidence it can help build general athleticism so generally just being better at everything it can help improve stability movement competency so your ability to perform movements well physical literacy being physically strong and able and foundational movement skills squat hinge push pull like babies can squat perfectly but as we get older we get worse at it it's really good for helping reduce injuries it's help for building it's good for building resiliency like you there's so much you can learn like training like doing hard things and as corny as it sounds and i think i've probably seen this on a t-shirt like the barbell doesn't lie the barbell is what it is it has no feelings for or against you you can either pick it up well or you can't and it's it's a good honest work and with building resiliency it helps build character strength of character improve confidence and make better connections whilst doing so like i'm i'm so like on board with youth training i just think everyone should be doing it and doing it more and i really found that there's an even greater disconnect with young people so young people between 12 and 16 where they're maybe not good at sports or they're not into something and i just think it's absolutely essential to have something that you can get good at. And there's something even more powerful about being good at something. Like being good at a thing can 
change your whole life. And so many of us aren't very good at something. And I, I say this to the, to, to the young guys that we work with at ETC, like get good at something. If you want to improve your life and whatever kind of hardships you're, you're going in, if people pick on you or people make fun of you, which by the way, they always will, even when you're an adult, get good at something. And if you get good at something, people will respect it because getting good at something takes time. It takes consistency. It takes effort. And most people can't be bothered to do so. So a little bit of background about me um, in terms of my youth development knowledge. When I was at university, we ran something called the Future Champions Project that I did with um, some strength and conditioning coaches who are now doing like amazing things like S&C of uh, professional football clubs and professional rugby clubs, which is really cool to say that I was associated with them and, and kind of worked alongside them on this project. But it was basically... At the time, British canoeing was like the flagship of long-term athletic development. And they were like, kids should be stronger because if they're stronger, they're going to be more robust and it's going to help them be, help them buffer against injuries. And it's going to make them better at their sport because if they can improve their rate of force development, improve their general athleticism, they're going to be better at the technical skills of canoeing. And British canoeing were the absolute epitome of investment of young people. And we basically worked predominantly with canoeers, but also tennis players, cricketers, kayakers, and female footballers. And we helped them just generally get stronger. So we didn't necessarily look at the tactical elements of their game, but we looked at the sport in general and looked at, well, this sport, such as football, is a very quad-dominant sport. There is lots of force going through the joints. There's a high probability of ACL ruptures. How can we help that? Now, it's always a little bit of a a topic of contention that just by training in the gym, it can't prevent you from injury because sport in general is random and you can't stop it from happening. But there's definitely things that you can prevent. I've done a lot of work with netballers and you can just see how weak some of these netballers are. And you can see their knee instability, generally weak asymmetries that the sport gives them. And it's like, oh my God, like this is like an ACL rupture waiting to happen because if you can't create and absorb force through your own body weight, like how are you supposed to do it three, four, five times when you're jumping up in the air? So for me, I'm always like, people should be stronger and generally have athleticism because it will significantly help your body's ability to recover, rebound your body weight and just generally be better. So I'm obviously a big advocate for that. Now, the long-term athletic development model talks about like a, a chronological age. Chronological age is very different to biological age. And it's even more prominent in males. So if you, can, you can get like a 12-year-old, two 12-year-old chronological aged boys, one of which is prepubescent, so not hit puberty, and a 12-year-old that's six foot with a beard. You can literally get that. So although they're the same age, they're biologically in completely different places and it's important to recognize that because that's, you might potentially modify how they train. Now between the ages of two and four, they should just be, it's, the, it's, a, it's a state of rapid growth. So they grow like the most between two and four. They might grow a foot. It's, it's really quite a lot. And it's something called pre-peak height velocity, which is when your limbs and your bodies grow uh, quite quickly. And we really want to be focusing on, this is the ages between two and four, just like moving. Like you don't need to be doing anything else, just moving generally, 
having fun and, and doing stuff that's great for them. Now, between the ages of five and 11, it's something that we call middle childhood, which is a, between 11, five and 11, it's kind of like steady growth. We're just getting them to move, get them to do things and generally having fun. Now, when it starts to get a little bit tricky is approximately between 12 and 20 for boys. Now, again, this is a range. And this is where we get the adolescent spurt. So what is peak height velocity? Great question, Tim. So peak height velocity is the most accelerated growth phase during adolescence. So you grow the most when you're a baby and you have a, another large growth phase during puberty. It, it, it aligns quite well. It aligns perfectly with, with puberty. And during this growth phase, because there is such a huge shift up in hormones it is a good predictor there's so much change between pre and post you'll notice with just with boys more musculature deeper voice etc etc and there's lots of hormones going on here so you've got growth hormone thyroxine insulin leptin which is uh, our regulator for hunger so all you parents who have met hungry teenagers this is why it's because they're because they're growing there's obviously loads more hormones at play but most of them are way more complicated than what I know and because they're growing so so fast during this phase they kind of lose their balance they lose their proprioception their body's ability to know where their limbs are and generally they generally don't move very well like they're literally growing into their body which is why it's so important to have kind of principle based workouts and get them just to move and focus on movement more than really complicated things such as plyometrics and that's why we do it at ATC. So when boys are going through kind of peak high velocity we want to make sure that we're not doing too much high impact work because they're going to get growth pains potentially that's often quite reported quite a lot. We want to just be doing some stretching and some gentle strength work. Now this is where kind of the biggest the biggest kind of my beef comes in is when we are overworking 12 to 16 year olds, 12 12 to 16 to 20 year olds who are going through huge changes in their body structurally and they're doing training for like training five, six days a week and playing loads of rugby games, like three, five, three to five games per week. And it's like these kids need to rest and recover because all that's going to happen is that's where kind of the damage can come in when there's much a much higher chance of dislocation and we aren't able to control our body very well we're putting ourselves in in slightly compromised positions and it's something that we just need to be aware of now for females it's kind of it's kind of similar but the adolescence starts from about 10 up to about 19 it's i think it's known to everybody that females tend to develop earlier than men but in terms of how we should treat them it's actually fairly similar from a physical standpoint they're the they still have the same kind of rapid growth steady growth and adolescent spurts that go on at similar similar ages but just at different different stages but we want to be just aware of when youth people teenagers are going through peak high velocity now there is actually a measurement in which you can do to recognize it whether somebody is growing through peak high velocity and it's basically a and i'll link this in the show notes but it's basically like a the length in which your torso grows and measuring the limbs and then figuring out oh okay there's a, a large discrepancy and you can only figure this out when you i guess when you kind of measure it periodically over time when there's a, a distinct spurting growth through one or more of these limbs 
and it's all kind of disproportionate and that's and you can kind of predict it based on their age in terms of where they are um, biologically not chronologically chronological again being like how old they actually are biologically being how old they are from a biological perspective in terms of where they are within this continuum what i love about the long-term athletic development model is just it gives you a really kind of good overview of what stage people are at in their kind of development can help you understand where they should be at with their training and kind of what to prioritize on like there's literally no point in performing hypertrophy work for a six-year-old they haven't got the right hormonal response to actually grow any muscle equally there's not too much point in trying to improve a six-year-old's cardiovascular system because it's already really really good these are the things we want to start developing at later adulthood which is why our priorities kind of shift towards stability balance and just having fun creating a positive relationship with exercise and not so much about hypertrophy i mean you do see these really young jacked kids at like six and it's like what hormones are they taking but yeah we want to focus on just having fun and generally not doing too much Alas, I digress talking about teenagers here and what we kind of want to be doing with teenagers at this age is we are building up their capacity and their general physical preparedness so they can actually tolerate load without injury because load is ultimately where most injuries occur. By the way, heavy load, we mean things such as sprinting and plyometrics. So yes, in summary, we should be resistance training, we should be doing all kinds of things between two and four and then between five and nine we should be doing some some stretching and some strength work and some movement work and as we go into adolescence between what nine ten eleven depending on the gender or depending on the sex sorry then we need to be aware of when this adolescent spurt is and then modify things accordingly so that's kind of like a brief overview of how to structure training for younger populations just being aware of kind of how they are both biologically and chronologically and then adjust accordingly i think it's really important to mention as well like training at a young age is meant right because there's something called neuroplasticity which is your brain's ability to learn new movements and languages as well and we're not talking about languages but your brain can learn movements much faster and by getting into good habits earlier this is gonna set you up for life it's like riding a bicycle right we work with people who, adults, like proper, proper adults, like 40-year-olds who have never been in the gym before and very often they take such a long time to learn some of these movements because it's like a, it's a new skill. So we really want to be teaching them as young as possible because they learn much faster. And we, we, we love, if someone says they do martial arts or like dancing, it's like, we're like, yes, because we just know they're going to know how to move, which is great. Now, in terms of how we structure our youth training sessions, we kind of have a bit of amalgamation of all of all of what I've just been talking about. So we focus, as always, as you would for an adult, on general balance and stability. And honest to goodness, and goodness me, teenagers have such terrible, terrible balance and stability. Unless, of course, they're like a dancer or have something in which they practice it all the time. But generally speaking, it is quite funny. They're just not able to hold positions and we really want to focus and educate them on how to balance and control their body weight going through just generally growing. Again, this is from a physical standpoint. There's obviously lots of psychological factors as well. 
a lot of teenagers aren't comfortable or confident in their body. But you know what? Neither are. Neither are people, generally. And we really want to try and focus on developing a good relationship with exercise. Like, this is so important. The amount of people that come to us who are like, I hate exercise, I hate training, or I had this PE teacher and he was horrible or she was horrible. And it's like, we use exercise as a punishment in like a lot of phases of life. Like you're forced to do exercise and we really want to create a positive relationship with exercise and how movement is a privilege and being having a strong, healthy body is what we want to be talking about. And these, this is the terminology that we use, right? We don't talk, or we do talk about it, but we talk about it in an honest way. Like, it's not about losing fat or building muscle. It's about being strong and being healthy. And the, the language that you use around your, your children and teenagers is so important. And a question that I actually poised to some adults during a seminar over the weekend was, if your child had the same eating behaviors as you, would you be happy about it? Now, that's a big question. And the best thing about you as an adult, you are able to learn and work on your behaviors to create the best relationship between exercise and nutrition for your child because monkey see, monkey do. Like your kids will do exactly what you do. They will copy you. They will imitate you because you are their, they are, you are their parent, their guardian. They will always look up to you regardless if whether you think that or not, they actually do. So your language about training and nutrition, nutrition is so, so, so important and so vital. And if you haven't got a good relationship with food, I really strongly suggest you understand the language in which you use. And there's a really great podcast that we did with Dan Osman last week about body image and what we call our bodies and how we talk about our bodies in a positive and neutral way. I would definitely give that a listen to. I'll, I'll link that in the, in the show notes as well. I love helping and training young people i do this alongside with with uh with kyle and we really think that it's when well, it's already completely taken off uh we've already got a couple of spaces remaining on our youth program and i just think it's such a good thing to do to get people to into exercise and training because like training in the gym and that now is like it can actually be like a job and stuff like we we use ed cook as, as an example all the time but ed ed's been training for you know since he was like 12, 13, he was doing CrossFit and he had some really good mentors and he's just kind of done the hard work and now he's like 18 and still training and has sponsors all over the place and granted he's a special, special lad and he, his work ethic is unrivaled and he's just a lovely, lovely bloke. His parents have done an incredible job in bringing him up and he now trains like full time and when I was, when I was a, when I was a lad, I didn't have those opportunities. It wasn't really a thing for me. It was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, get get massive or go home. But now there's so much kind of functional training and, and it, I absolutely love it. And even if I had the same opportunities as Ed, I still wouldn't be anywhere near as good as him. Anyway, right, okay, I've gone on a little bit longer than what I anticipated. It's a little bit of a short one today. Um, I haven't got any notes in front of me, so I've just kind of been rattling this off over the top of my head. And I think 20 minutes of me, just me, is probably more than enough that anyone could take. If you have any questions or anything you'd like to know about, you know, youth training and, and training, I'll try my best to, to answer. So please just drop me an email at tim at the etc.fit or kyle at the etc.fit. And we'd love to have you involved and we'd love to help get the younger generation into something that can benefit them physically and mentally. And I think the benefits are, are absolutely unrivaled.
take on points from this podcast, get people moving and training as young as possible. Incorporate good behaviors and good language into how you talk about exercise and nutrition. Try not to be so dogmatic about your approach. Try and be a good example. Get to the gym. Even if it's not with us, I don't mind. Like, But have a thing that you enjoy training, doing something that is an, an output for you to live a happier and healthier life. And just to kind of reiterate, as I said at the start, please like and subscribe and share this podcast with your son, daughter, mum, dad, dog, because it, it, it really does help. It, it helps us get our name out there. It helps us make better connections, meet different people. And that's kind of what we're in this industry for, is to make a positive impact on our community, a positive impact on as many lives as possible. So truly, thank you so much for getting behind this podcast. It's, it's kind of a little project that we're, that we're talking on. We've got some really cool episodes planned and lined up. This is all going to be internal things at ETC and how we structure meals and nutrition and training and what we're doing to help you take have some good take-home points. So please get involved. Hit that subscribe button. And yeah, I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Bye.